30 Days to Your New Life, A Guide to Transforming Yourself from Head to Soul, coming up next right here on The Right Stuff. Hi, and welcome to The Right Stuff. I'm the queen, Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we're going to be talking to my returning guest co-host and contributor today, Anthony DeStefano. If you remember, we had him on the show before when we showcased his book called Greenly is Growing. It's a children's book that I thoroughly enjoyed showcasing. Had a wonderful time talking to him about it. And now he's back again to give you renewal for not just your body, but for your soul. And I can't wait to dig into it in just a few moments. As always, I want to thank our Patreon team for their support. We've been showcasing Christian Office for 10 years, and as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash stop. See what you can do. And as always, we covet your prayers. To stay up to date with PJC Media, go to pjcmedia.net. Click that pink follow button. You'll never miss a show. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel at PJC Media. And without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring my guests on today. Anthony, how you doing? I'm doing just great. Thank you so much for having me back, Parker. And I am so glad to have you back. It's been wonderful getting to know you through your books. And today, you're going to do something a little bit different than you did from Greenlee. Whereas in Greenlee, we were learning how to accept changes in our lives. Now we want to do more than just accept change. We want to transform ourselves. So I do see that theme in both books, even though one is for children, which can be appreciated by adults, and then for adults who are learning to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I'm really glad to have you back. Well, thank you so much. And I do, I do go back and forth between writing books for children and writing nonfiction books for adults, always Christian books. I like to make sure that my children's books are not just written for children, though. They're written for the childlike, for the adults reading those books to their children. And I like to try to make my adult books understandable that so even younger people can fully comprehend them so they're not over the heads of anybody. You make a good point about being childlike because we can't really transform ourselves unless we understand that there is still wonder in the world. And right now, people are jaded in many different ways, whether it's political, whether it's social, whether it's economical. We're very jaded because things are changing all around us and we want the good old days, but we can't necessarily get the good old days. The good old days are gone. So instead of trying to hold on to the good old days, we need to transform ourselves. We can adapt to whatever changes are around us. And in this devotional, 30 Days to Your New Life, a guide to transforming yourself from head to soul, my first question would be, why did you write this book? And how does it bridge the gap between self-help programs and Christian spirituality? Well, you know, I wrote it because of actually what you just said. There are so many people out there who are struggling with unhappiness and loneliness and confusion. So many people are confused today. And, you know, there's just a lot of suffering out there. That's why I've always been a big advocate of the personal development industry. I'm for anybody who can help alleviate suffering and get people off their keisters and change their lives for the better. But I realize that there's a serious limitation with the self-help programs that I've taken, and I've taken quite a few over my life. They work for a while, but the results are usually, you know, in my experience, temporary. 
when life really hits you with a two-by-four, and, and we all know that that happens at some point, these self-help programs tend to break down. And the reason is that they're too focused on self-help and not enough on God's help. That's the big trap of the self-help industry. You can use self-help principles to become very successful in the world, very rich, famous, and all of that, uh, but you can end up being miserable. Just look at all those Hollywood movie stars out there who spin out of control with drugs and kill themselves despite their success. If your priorities are screwed up, you're never going to be at peace no matter how much success you have. And, and interestingly, Parker, I see that that works in the opposite direction too with spiritual people. Sometimes with overly spiritual people, they think that when they have a problem, all they have to do is say a prayer and God is going to miraculously wave a wand and solve all their problems. Now, we know God has the power to do that, and sometimes he does. But most times, most times, you know, people don't realize the truth of that old saying, God helps those who help themselves. And the, and the personal development industry has discovered some very useful tools for dealing with problems and stresses of life involving, like, say, goal setting or, you know, managing your emotional state, staying positive, et cetera. So bottom line is this. My book tries to take the best of both worlds and combine them. I wanted to write a book that utilized the very best self-help principles but balanced and corrected them with traditional Christian principles. And my hope is that the results people get from this book won't just be temporary, but will be long-lasting and hopefully even permanent. I like that you say this is a bridge between the self-help programs and spirituality, particularly from the Christian perspective. Self-help books are exactly what they are, self-help, where you are completely reliant on the self to accomplish goals in your life. And there's nothing wrong with that to an extent, but it's more than just the temporal that we have to be concerned with. We also have to be concerned with the eternal and what we can't see with our eyes. And I think that's important too. And I love the subtitle of this because you said transforming yourself from head to soul. So that means the outward going into the interior of the human soul. And I really like that. And for those of you listening, make sure you pick up your copy of this book today, available wherever books are sold. Again, 30 Days to Your New Life, A Guide to Transforming Yourself from Head to Soul. Now, my next question has to do with how should a person go about setting goals in a way that is both humanly effective and spiritually intelligent? And I would love to you to give us little definitions of what each of those terms mean too. Sure. Well, it's true that in life, self-improvement always does uh, precede any kind of great accomplishment. You know, you improve yourself and you're going to be able to do more. It's just common sense. But everybody wants to be happy, they, and everybody, you know, so many times people wander around aimlessly without any real fixed ob- objective, and that doesn't work. How in the world are you going to hit a target if you don't have a bullseye? Goals give you a bullseye to shoot for, okay? That's why goal setting is important, that, and that's something the self-help industry gets right. You need to set goals that inspire you. You need to set goals that are big enough and exciting enough that will pull you into the future to get you over all the obstacles that are going to stand in your way. I mean, you've accomplished so much in your life, Parker, that you must have big goals. You must understand this because all the obstacles that must certainly have gotten in your way and yet you've managed to achieve them. And one of the reasons is because your goals must be very big and they must inspire you, but you must write goals down. You have to look at them a lot. You know, you have to take a lot of action. These are all basic personal development industry 101 type steps to achieving your goals. And it's something that everyone should know. 
But the most important thing in goal setting is something that the personal development industry doesn't tell us, and that's that you've got to involve God. God is already in your future. He made you. He knows what's going to make you happy. You have to take into account God's goals for you. So you have to be praying regularly. You know, look, everybody's got a dream, right? Uh, but what you got to understand is that your dream is not necessarily your destiny. Your destiny is what God wants for you. It's, it's God's dream for you. It's God's goal for you. And only your destiny, only God's goal for you is going to make you happy. And the only way that you're going to get clarity on your destiny is to be praying about it regularly. Every single day, you should be praying, God, show me my destiny. Show me what I should be doing. Show me where you want me to be. Show me what you want me to do so that I will be most fulfilled in this life. And then, of course, be with you in heaven for eternity. I had the pleasure of interviewing the Archduke of Austria recently, Anthony, and it was a very fabulous interview. And one thing he mentioned was that how important his faith was to his life, extremely important. And I think that is what gives your book that edge, just not just relying on yourself, but it's having faith as well. But then you also do bring it back to us. On day 10 of your devotional, you make this comment, and you said, before Christ ascends into heaven, he gives the apostles what is known as the Great Commission. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And you say here, which I love, notice he doesn't say, sit and make disciples of all nations, or stay and make disciples of all nations. He says, go. After that command, a period of feverish activity begins. The letters of St. Paul contain an abundant number of words and phrases having to do with athletic competition, boxing, strenuous exercise, striving for mastery, running a race with perseverance, winning, just to name a few. In his second letter to Timothy, he famously writes, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And these are just some of the things that you're going to discover in this devotional, 30 Days to Your New Life by Anthony DeStefano. Make sure you go online and pick it up today. And it brings me to my next goal because you talked about goal setting. And you talked about how you have to write things down and use myself as an example because I do have big dreams. I won't even lie to you. I have very big dreams. I just love how you said your dreams aren't necessarily your destination. You won't know unless you get out there and move. You won't know these things. And so let's talk about this. Let's go ahead and dig down. When it comes to transformation, people may be afraid of transforming. What could be some of those barriers that make them say, you know what, I'm just going to live the whole home life. I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm not going to even try to get over to the next lane. What can you speak to that for? Well, I think the biggest problem that people have in life, Parker, is fear. They're afraid of so many things. They may not say it because on the outside they may be putting up a brave front, but they're afraid about their finances. They're afraid about their children. They're afraid about their health. They're afraid about their job. Most of all, what people are afraid of is that in light of all the problems they have, that they're not enough to deal with their problems. They don't think that they have it in them to fight against and overcome the, you know, the overwhelming number of problems that they have. And so they get paralyzed when they look at their problems. They get paralyzed. Or they wait until things get so terrible 
and there's going to be so much pain in front of them that there's going to be an explosion. So it forces them to get off their butts and move. One of the things I say in this book is there's a better way to deal with that kind of fear. There's a better way to get moving, and that's to harness the power of momentum. If you feel overwhelmed by your problems, you don't have to try to binge and solve all your problems at once. You know, it didn't take you one day to amass all your problems. It's not going to take you one day to fix them. You know, what you've got to do is instead take small actions consistently in every area, finances, family, relationships, your health. Of course, your relationship with God is your most important thing. We all know this is true, that, you know, the first trip to the gym is the hardest. The second trip is uh, maybe a little bit easier. The third trip is easier still. And by the fourth trip, you know, you're raring to go. You'll go to that gym even if there's a blizzard outside. You pick up speed. You know, the Bible says that if you're faithful in little things, you know, you'll be able to rule over big things. You know, remember, when God saved the world, what did he do? He started small. He started as a little baby in a humble stable. So, you know, if that's the strategy that God himself took, then why shouldn't we employ that strategy in life too? Small actions taken consistently. You can't be great in life if you're not good first. Be good at the small things in life. Do those small things consistently, and then all the greatness and the triumphs, they'll come later on. Toward the end of your book, you quote one of, the title rather, one of the chapters after one of my favorite movies on the planet, called All This in Heaven 2 with Charles Boyer and Betty Davis, one of my favorite movies of all time. And in that, you say here, I'm just going to repeat what you said here. You said, and if you try to implement the things we've discussed and happen to screw up, don't worry. I think sometimes we get caught there. We mess up and we just stop. Like, look, I messed up. I failed. I fell on the floor. I, and I just want to stay wallowing here. So I love how you say, you know what? Just go back and reread some of the early chapters. Calmly do an about face, which is in the book, dear listeners. Make sure you go ahead and pick up your copy and start again. And if you screw up again, about face again and again and again. Keep starting small and building momentum. Keep praying and fasting. That's a strategy that never fails. And I think that right there could really help transform someone's life. Because if we keep falling, we keep thinking, I keep falling, maybe this isn't for me. Where all falling does, and I would love to get your thoughts about this, is build those muscles up. Because one day you're not going to fall anymore. You know, go ahead and expand on that. Sure. Well, you know, we're fallen human beings. That's right there. All of us, especially we Christians, we, we know about the fall. We know that's how it all started. It's not that we're bad. It's that we're fallen. And our fallen human nature makes it easier for us to screw up in life. And that's one of the reasons why, Parker, what you said before is so true about can't just rely on yourself. If you just rely on yourself, nothing, we can't do anything but fail. But when you plug yourself into the power source of the universe, which is Jesus Christ, which is God, then now you can do anything. Now you can have a life full of miracles. Not because you're doing it on your own, but because you're plugged into the source of all creative power. And people, for people who particularly are trapped in you know, different kinds of sins and they keep falling and they fall into a kind of despair, you have to remember, one drop of Christ's blood is enough to wash away the sins of a billion universes. And 
There is nothing that you can do. There is nothing you can do that God hasn't seen a billion times before. He's been up there in heaven watching human beings screw up for a long time. There is nothing that you can do that's going to make him the slightest bit surprised at all. So you shouldn't be surprised when you fall. You shouldn't be surprised when you screw up. Rather, you should just get back up and start again, pray again, start from the beginning, and God will give you, God's going to respect that kind of perseverance. He's going to like that kind of perseverance, and he's going to continue, and he's going to give you more grace and more grace until you do finally overcome whatever problems that you have. It reminds me of that movie by the Sherwood Gang Church Facing the Giants, and I actually enjoy the movie. And there's a scene in the movie where the football player is trying to do some kind of strength-building exercise where he has to carry a boy on his back and going across the field. And all of a sudden, the coach is talking to him. He's like, I can't hardly do this anymore. He said, keep going, keep going, keep going. You know, he's like, keep going. It was such a powerful moment in the movie. And you were like, I mean, I remember being in the theater, people crying. <laughs> like, that was just the moment in the movie where you realize if you don't keep going, you won't know how far you can go. And, you know, just to interrupt you for a second, Winston Churchill, the famous leader of England during World War II, uh, the man responsible really for, um, well, for recognizing the evil of the Nazis at the very beginning. He he said famously that somebody asked him, what, what what's the best thing to do when you're going through a storm? And he said, the best thing to do when you're going through a storm is keep going, keep going. Just what you just said. In other words, don't stop, just keep going. And that reminds me of the scene in the gospels where the, uh, where Peter uh, where they, where the, the apostles are on the boat in the storm and they see Jesus walking on the water. And uh, Jesus uh, says, come to me. And Peter goes in the water and he starts moving towards the Lord. But then he gets scared. He starts looking at the storm and he stops and he, and he sinks. He sinks under the waves and Jesus saves him. And Jesus says, why, why did you stop? What, what happened in that moment was, and it's just what happens to us in life, we're in the middle of a storm. And instead of focusing on Jesus, instead of focusing on God, and instead of moving towards him and keep going towards him, we stop, we get paralyzed because of our problems. We start looking at the, at the wind and the clouds and the storm. We get all afraid and petrified, and that's when we sink under the waves. But if we keep our eyes focused on the Lord, and if we keep moving toward him, regardless of what happens, we will, we will get through the storm and we'll get to him. And it just reminds me, just, just to repeat the verse from Philippians 4:13, where he says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And I think that's important because when you're trying to transform your life, this devotional is going to give you all the tools that you need to do that. It's not just self-help. It is spiritual help because yourself can only do so much. That's all you can do because you need power beyond yourself to keep going. You need power beyond yourself. And I'm not talking about some vague, nameless power. I'm talking about Holy Ghost power. <laughs> I'm talking about the power that comes from the Lord himself. That's what you need because you can't transform your life on your own because you do lose momentum. You do fail for whatever reason. And this book is really going to help you. Now, lastly, I want to ask you a question as we get ready to end our show today. Do you think that perfect happiness is something that can be achieved in this life. 
Why or why not? No, I do not think perfect happiness can be achieved in this life. First of all, we should start off with what happiness is. Happiness is a state of perfect contentment, well-being contentment, irrespective of whether you happen to be feeling pleasure or elation at the moment. You know, pleasures that you have in life certainly are a part of happiness, but they're not the whole story. Happiness can't just be based on pleasures, and it's not the sum total or quantity of pleasures that you have as the hedonists of the world believe. Okay, rather it's based on the, the secure knowledge that, that you are acting in accordance with what God wants you to do. That's when you'll have a feeling of supreme happiness and tranquility and, and peace, which the Bible says transcends all understanding. Now, that's a great thing to aim for, um, and, but it's still not perfect happiness. Okay, that can perfect happiness can only be achieved in the next life in heaven. You know, Fulton Sheen, uh, the great Catholic priest bishop, said that if a pencil could talk, it would say that it was only happy if it was writing. If the sun could talk, it would only say it was happy when it was shining, because those are the purposes for which they were created. Well, we human beings were created to be in union with God, and the only time that we're going to fully experience that union, that perfect union will be in heaven. And so that's where we'll be perfectly happy. But there's plenty we could ha be happy about here, you know, Parker as well. Plenty of tastes that we can get of happiness right now. And the way to do that is to be in closer union with God in this life. That's what Jesus meant when he talked about the kingdom of heaven. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is within you. The kingdom of heaven is now. What do we, that, the kingdom of heaven is a way of living in which you try to be in union with God in which you can get a taste of heaven right now, even though you're in this life and even though you might be suffering at the moment, you could still have a happiness and peace that transcends uh, all understanding. And of course, Anthony goes deeper into this. So I'm just going to read that quick section here. And it says here, the true end or purpose of life is to be in union with God, to do his will, thereby ensuring not only eternal life in heaven, but also peace and happiness and love right now. I know you've been inspired, so what are you waiting for? Go ahead and pick up your copy of 30 Days to Your New Life, a guide to transforming yourself from head to soul. And go ahead and pick it up wherever books are sold. Anthony, once again, thank you so much for being with me today. Your information is already in the link below. So I'll make sure our listeners can go ahead and go to your website, check out some of the other books that you have. And really, I can't wait to have you back and have you back real soon. Well, thank you so much, Parker. It's always a joy to be on this show with you. You're a great interviewer, and I admire you and everything that you've done in your life. So, so thank you very much. And we were talking today to Anthony DeStefano. He is the author of the book, 30 Days to Your New Life, Transforming Yourself from Head to Soul. Go ahead, pick it up today. I know I was really invigorated by what Anthony had to say because I read his first book, Greenly is Growing, and to view it, simply go through our archives on pjcmedia.net. But now he's talking about change again. You don't want to stay stagnant. You want to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You cannot do it on your own, but you may need a guide. This devotional is going to get that for you. Go ahead, pick up your copy today.
Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen, Parker Day, and you have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day. <laughs>